Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, we have, uh, you know, we have the great Dave Burkett on again today, and he is here. My goodness, every time he comes on, I keep asking him if he can keep you, uh, do something with you, but you've done it again, and I want to get uh, a Dave's opinion on this. Dave, first of all, welcome. Thanks for joining us, but how many times do we have to have Carlos write a column and saying, oh my God, I'm stepping out, I'm putting my neck out there, everybody else is uh, optimistic and they're crazy, and oh, by the way, I think they're going to win six games. Everybody else thinks they're going to win seven or eight. What the hell is the difference, Dave? Help me out here. First of all, it's Carlos Minares, not Minares. Minares, right? So, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, but no, there's no difference. That's, I mean, didn't we have this discussion like in May after I did my initial schedule uh, prediction that, I mean, the difference between a six-win team and a seven-win team is virtually nothing. And Carlos thinks he's, I am not you know, high on this Lions team. I'm going with six. Everyone else can have their seven and seven and 10 prediction. It's baffling. Carlos, help us out. Help us understand this, uh, this world you're living in, in your head. I'm not sure what you're referencing because I said that the column I wrote that you rewrote the next day was that this is going to be a team that you have to be patient with that, there's going to, the only way to really measure this team is like the small steps that they take. They're not going to take major leaps. It's going to be little bits of progression because year two in this rebuild, they're not close. You know, Dave and I have actually been to a couple of practices, Sean, and watched them. So uh, it, it, they don't look, I, I, my Dave, the great Dave, by the way, the great Dave Kid is like marvelous. Marlon Hagler, it's like officially part of his name now. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be incremental improvement is what I said. And I think the headline in your column was judge them on a sliding scale, basically rewriting what I wrote, but not giving me credit. So Dave, do you agree? Come on team, Carlos, it's time to join, join up early. You get some benefits. You might get a frosty out of it. That Dave, out. do you realize what he's leaving out of the column, right? Um, I, first of all, I realize he owes me a few lunches since we found that lunch bet slip from uh, Lions back before the pandemic. Second, Sean, it was good seeing you at practice the other day or at uh, availability the other day. Carlos, I don't know when I saw you last. Was it July? You no, know, I've been a couple know. times lately. And, uh, you know, for sure. But besides, it doesn't matter if Carlos goes. He doesn't know what he's looking at. But let's 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 put that aside for a second. The part of the column I'm referencing is he was doing fine. He was doing fine. It's a nice, reasonable column. Three quarters of the way down, he can't help himself. And then he sets himself up against everybody else who's saying, uh, and she's talking about how easy it is to be optimistic and all the hype with this team, but nobody else is hyping them around here anyway. And this is what I'm confused by. He's talking about six wins. You're talking about seven. I may have said eight. Most people are around a six, seven, eight win. So the differentiation, that's what I'm confused by, Dave. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I don't think anyone is picking this team to go 11 and six and win the NFC North and, you know, make some some dramatic run towards the Super Bowl. Right. That, that's that seems um, I'm with both of you guys that, you know, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. This is not quite that uh, that type of team. I think they are heading in the right direction. I think we all agree with that. But it's tough not to be when you're coming off a three thirteen and one season. So let's let's be honest about that too. I mean the uh, the reality is, is is that this is going to be a big year for Jared Goff. This is a big year for you know Dan Campbell. Um, you know in in some ways, and and you know I think Aaron Glenn in that defense. And so if they take some steps in the right direction, and whether that ends up being you know six and eleven or seven and ten, or they maybe they win eight games, I, I think um, you know progress is. It's tough to, to say and, and judge exactly what it's going to look like right now, but I do think at the end of the year, we'll be able to tell if they made substantial progress or not. Carlos. 
Well, you know, there, there's the, the thing with the hype is I didn't say it was you or the sports people or the report, whatever. It's in general. I mean, it's it, it, the the national. Fans. No, you're right. Nationally and fans, there's a, there's a lot of optimism about this. Team. A lot of optimism. And if you read the whole column, Sean, which you probably didn't, but uh, I did. it mentioned, you know, the sports book stuff, right? The betting odds and all that. The coach, the Campbell at one point very recently was the odds on favor to be coach of the year that the Lions are you know, in there to, I don't know, to maybe make the playoffs um, as a wild card. So that, that kind of speaks to the optimism, you know, maybe, maybe outside of Detroit more and things like hard knocks, by the way, I was disappointed because I mentioned hard knocks in the press conference that I was at Dave last week. I didn't get actually on hard knocks. I was very disappointed. In my one chance to be Carlos Minares. Minares. I raised Minaris. my hand. I no, for sure. Can I, okay, Carlos, I want you to finish. I have a, I have receipts here though. Let me just read this real quick. <laughs> Let me just read this real quickly. And then you can, and then yeah, take it away. I'll shoot it. Down. This is Dave. This is from Carlos. This is, you know, three quarters of the way down more or less of his column a couple of days ago. If you want to, and he, this is after he's talked about how we need to pump the brakes a little bit, you know, six wins, whatever. If you want to write this off as me being overly critical or pessimistic, I want you to know something. It's easy to be positive and hopeful, but there's no accountability when it comes to blind optimism. But I'm not going to lie to you about what I've seen and heard about this team. I'm not going to fill you with false hope and narratives about colorful players and Campbell's even more resplendent news conferences. That's not fans, right? That's beautiful writing, by the way. I have to say. No, it's, it's a excellent. little. Oh my yeah, God. there's like six butts in there. Other than that, though, it is. You know, it's nice writing. I'm not going to fill you with false hope and narratives about colorful players and Campbell's even more resplendent at news conferences. Dave, does that sound like he's referencing fans? Oh, I mean, it's, Carlos, I think Sean makes a good point there. I don't, I don't know who you're, I mean, it couldn't be referencing anything that I've written, but I, I don't know who you're or referencing. Who? Yeah. Or who? That, this is, no, this, but look, I, I, I mean, I think the, you know, straw man. The, uh, you know, sometimes we we speak in these generalities, but there there is a lot of optimism about this team this year, and there is it's from with from Vegas. Fans. And Vegas is a one story, right? That's that's about money, and there's different things that that go into some of those lines. And um, but you know, I think realistically, if you're you know the maybe the the level of optimism is because no one expects them to be a three win team anymore. I mean, they they finished in last place in the division four straight years. Right. So um, people are, they look at the division, they say, you know, there's some winnable games there and the bears are the worst team in the division now. And the lions should win some games and they like Hutchinson and they, they like what Dan Campbell is doing. But I, I think most people realize that this is still a flawed team. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing with the optimism is it's not just a lot of the, you know, hype that let, let's just face it. Sometimes we get into the, we, 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 uh, you know, play into that hype with these features on players and isn't this guy great? And, you know, and that's, that's, Hey, listen, that's part of just the transactional business of being in journalism is you're going to write some negative things. You're going to write some positive things. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez right now is a mythical creature like Bigfoot or something or whatever. I mean, he's, he's an amazing first round. I think Dave's going to vote him in first, first ballot hall of fame, but beyond that, you know, the, the thing about it is that, you know, like like the stuff with, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift, right? All this crap about him. Oh, a thousand, thousand yards receiving and thousand yards rushing. All right. When he doesn't get there, who's going to hold him accountable to that? Who's going to say, oh, yeah, you talked all this, all this big crap, all this big talk, all this big, you can be a pro bowler, you can be a whatever, blah, blah, blah. When it doesn't happen, nobody ever holds them accountable. Nobody ever says, what did you say in in August? Why didn't well, you, why didn't that come true? What oh, do you well, mean hold them accountable? What do you mean hold them accountable? 
Go, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I was just going to say you're invited out to Allen Park anytime. I know we see you once or twice a year out there. So if you want to come out and hold them accountable, that's, you know, you, you can do what that. But, that but honestly, when, when Swift said that, I mean, like, even when I wrote the news story on that, I pointed out how unrealistic that goal is. Right. So it's good to have those goals. But do you really think DeAndre Swift is going for a thousand and a thousand something three running backs have done in NFL history? No, but that doesn't mean they can't have those goals and, and we can't put that out. And it also doesn't mean that if he doesn't get that, if he runs for 800 and has 650 yards receiving, that doesn't mean that that he doesn't have a successful year. You know, it's just a thousand and a thousand. That, that's not the barometer of having a really good year for a, a running back in the NFL. I, I, said, I, rec- I recognize that this is all this dovetails to the whole Deuce Staley wanting to make him the next whatever, you know, uh, Barry Sanders or something, you know, next great player. He wants to make him great. It's all part of that. Right. Putting that in his head. You can you have to believe that you're going to be great. So he wants to get 2000, maybe 3000 yards, whatever the hell he's talking about. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying if he gets to 999, 999, I'm going to say he's a failure, you know, but if he falls, falls short of far short of that, you know, and I'd rather have him talk about more. Let me just stay healthy. Let me just be there on the field all the time. Let me just make sure that I can get no, through that no, that's stuff. That's boring. No one wants to write that. Right. That's Nobody boring. wants to write that. The good yeah, headline that's... is a thousand and a thousand. And all I think I think all the fantasy inclu- uh, uh, owners just had conniptions and strokes. Like, oh my God, DeAndre Swift got to pick this guy up. I, I mean, but do you really want? I mean, I, I know you based on bashed what? Matthew Stafford for talking in you know generalities and not saying anything and Jared Goff and all these people that do that I'd much rather cover a colorful player a player no. who has some high aspirations for themselves and shares it and, and is, is willing to put themselves out on but, the line and say this is my goal if I fall short oh well I can still have a successful season let's just backtrack here for a second though what the heck do we mean by accountability I mean the Tigers are a good example of this there was a lot of optimism coming out of spring training that the organization itself was talking about playoffs and the media around here, including me, including Carlos, have hammered them all summer. And that's exactly what will happen with the Lions. It's always what happens. So I don't understand this alternate reality that our boy is lit in, or excuse me, our, our brother <laughs> is living in here. I it's don't I, 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 I think honestly boy. I think you meant boy. <laughs> well, that, that's no, a term. No, I I stop that because that's a term of endearment. <laughs> no, look, I, I think um Right. It, we've said this all along. It is a bottom line business. So it's all about how many games they win at the end. Yes. And if the don't win enough games, then people will be I don't think they will be coming for Dan Campbell's head this year. But, you know, if they go three thirteen and one or something like that, again, certainly the they'll you know, hear the, it. the knives will be out and people will be Absolutely. ready for it. But the, the, the reality is if the Lions take a step forward this year whatever that looks like, six, seven, eight wins somewhere in that that general vicinity, I think people will, um, you know, their their optimism will um, you know, be confirmed and, and they'll be even more optimistic going into next year. And, and if we're being honest, year three is really the, the big year for the Lions in terms of uh, what it means for this this regime and, and everything moving forward. Carlos, what uh, we'll give you the last word on this, whatever this is. Is Jared Goff the starting quarterback midway through next year, Dave? Oh, that was a pivot. I know, right? I thought he was. I'm, to, uh, I'm sort of shocked. I'm, Carlos normally loves it when it's all about him. Yeah, so I'm sort of surprised. I want to know. Let me, start, let me rephrase that. I want to know is Jared Goff the starting okay. quarterback at Thanksgiving <laughs> okay. next year? If you let me just me. tell you, I'm looking forward to watching that Florida Kentucky game because that's two quarterbacks who could be in the mix for 
you know, Lions midway through round one or something like that, depending on, um, you know, how high Richardson climbs after his performance last week. I'm going to say yes, Jared Goff is the quarterback because, again, look, if I think the Lions are going to win seven or eight games, then I think Jared Goff is having a good enough season to help them get there. And you and I both know that it's tough for NFL teams to, when your quarterback has some semblance of success, to go away from them. Right. Without having a sure thing, without having that number one or two overall pick in your hand. If the Lions win eight games, um, that's not going to be the case. They're, they're not going to be picking that high in the draft. Even with the Rams extra first round pick, they're probably not going to be in a position to get one of those those top two quarterbacks. So as I look ahead, it probably makes more sense for them to use those picks to bolster the rest of the roster. They are invested in Jared Goff right now. We all know there is an out that they can get out after the season. if Jared does not have a good season, but uh, the way he's looked this summer. And I guess my my uh, projection for what the record will be, I could see them rolling with him for another season for sure. Well, You've written these look good. Sorry, Carlos. You've written these look good, Dave. Right? Yes. I mean, oh, which yes. is saying something for you because you haven't, you've been a skeptic. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he looked good last year. I, I, you know, I wrote that during the preseason. He just was very reluctant to throw the ball downfield. I think we saw that in the regular season. He, he played better the second half of last year for changing coordinators. He's playing with a little more confidence right now. Um, you know, in fact, I know we've been plugging Carlos's story all uh, all morning here, but um, <laughs> Sunday I will be writing about Jared Goff. I talked to Brad Holmes the other day. Brad Holmes said this is the best Jared Goff has looked, even going back to 2017 and 18 when he helped the Rams uh, reach the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know quite about that, but Jared Goff has looked good. And um, I think the offense will be better this year. But for being honest, I mean, the Lions have the, the third most, the third highest percent of their, their cap uh, invested on the offensive side of the ball in the NFL, right? They've done everything they can to, to help Jared Goff succeed. Uh, he should be good. He should be better than he was. Um, and, you know, if, if he's not, uh, obviously the Lions will be making a move at quarterback next season. But it's way well, too early to talk about that right now. We're you know. It's never too early, and and the other thing is they cannot draft a quarterback now because Vitae is hurt. So Sean Windsor demands that you use your first pick in the first round, maybe trade up to one, two, three, whatever, to look, get a right look, guard. They're going to be picking 15th, and they'll take a cornerback, and then with the 26th pick they have from the Rams, they take a guard. So they're going to fill both those spots, and then Jared Goff will be the quarterback, and then it'll be a no-excuses season again. Uh, only they play the AFC West next year, and that's when they play Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and all those teams. And then if they don't take a step forward, then people will definitely be coming for, for Jared Goff. What do you think, Carlos, in all sincerity about the, Goff? Um, I, think he'll, I think he'll be better than last year, or at least he will look like he's uh, trying to be better, trying to throw downfield. This is all, this is all, by the way, like going to be on DJ shark. I think, you know, like it's going to be his one downfield threat. He can't be just dumping it off to Swift, but he's going to, I think there's going to be concerted effort because at all the, all the press conferences last year, and he's, he started getting a little, you know, like touchy about it when, you know, the intended air yards, Dave loves the intended air yards and always throwing it out there like, Oh, intended air yards. What's that? You know, he got kind of next gen about stats, it. baby. Good next stuff. gen chance. Yeah. And it's legit, but he's, it's going to be like, listen, I got to get people off my back, like the great Dave Burkett. And I got to at least look like I'm throwing downfield and try to be vertical, try to get more chunk yards. Um, so I think he will either be better or appear as though he's getting better. Um, so he'll be okay. But I think, I think by next year, Thanksgiving, 
2023, I don't know if he's a starting quarterback. I wouldn't think so. I think they're going to try to, I think they know who Jared Goff is and you can't talk him down. I think they're trying to bolster him the best he's ever looked, maybe better than Y.E. Tittle, whatever, you know, like the Johnny Unitas, all this stuff, right? He He's looked resplendent to use a Carlos Menard's word, um, you know, and he, and I will say, I mean, he looks great, right? Dave with the red Jersey, nobody can touch him in practice going against that secondary. I think you and I could throw pretty good against that secondary, that the back seven, but um, we'll see. He's, no. he's played, he played one series. Uh, I think he handed the ball off almost every play. Um, and that's it. We haven't seen him really play. You saw him in Indianapolis. So Sean and I don't get to travel to exotic places like that anymore, but um, yeah, when we see him actually play a really good Eagles team, that's going to tell us a lot. Dave, I would just, uh, I want to finish with golf with this with you and get your thought here. And you and I were talking about this at uh, Allen Park the other day. When he did the Super Bowl year, golf Super Bowl year with the Rams, um, I remember watching that team, that, that team, uh, I don't know, four or five times probably that year. They were in, as we mentioned the other day, and I was, as I was saying to you, they were fun to watch. And I know that Todd Gurley, and, and that was part of it. But part of what made them fun is that he flung the ball all over the field and downfield fairly often. And a lot of that was off play action, obviously, but he threw a nice deep ball. And then every, you know, I, who knows exactly what happened that sort of led that descent the next uh, couple of years, but, but he's got it in him because we saw it. Right. And I, and who knows what he's going to be. I'm not with Carlos. I mean, if he, if he shows any of that this year at all, of course he'll be the quarterback next year. I mean, that's the more, that's, that's the more reasonable thing as you say, Dave, but I'm just curious. Do you, uh, what did you think of golf back in, in that time? Because back, remember how people talked about him back then? Wow. This is one of the best young guys in the league, right? It's hard. It's hard to believe it's the same guy that we watched last year. No, I remember that. Um, I think it was, you know, we were talking about every 52, five, 52 game with the, the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And you certainly came away from that thinking like, Wow, these are two really good young quarterbacks and and two you know really potent offenses and it, look everyone knew Todd Gurley huge part of that team right when he fell off I mean the Rams fell off a little bit you know end of that year um, you know next year uh, as, as injuries mounted as his, his knee problems took over you know Sean McVay certainly deserves a lot of credit because he is uh, you know it's not hyperbole to say he's one of the best offensive minds you know I think the NFL has has seen uh, in recent history so there's 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 a lot of dynamics there but look Jared Goff was a number one overall pick for a reason right so he doesn't lack talent um, I think Maybe he lacked confidence uh, at some point in time or, or maybe, you know, a lack of, you know, a chip on your shoulder. Right. When when, you know, you're the number one pick and you go to the Super Bowl and, and then maybe your confidence gets beat down by your coach. You know, it's it's tough. And then you get traded and, and things aren't going well. And now all of a sudden people are doubting you. Maybe that's what we're seeing with Jared Goff a little bit is that he's there's a little more purpose to what he's he's doing. And and some of the uh, the ownership the Lions have given him in the offense. Uh, you know, is, is starting to pay dividends, right? They made him feel wanted. So he he feels this offense is his. And and all of a sudden, you know, maybe that's why things look better. But look, at the end of the day, if you're going to replace Jared Goff next season, you know, you got to, uh, from an NFL team's perspective, you got to have an upgrade. And I just don't, I think the Lions are going to be good enough this year. And Jared Goff is going to play well enough this year that uh, I don't know how the Lions are, are going to go about upgrading that position. That's why I say to get back to the initial question here, um, you know, if I had to pick right now, Jared Goff would still be or predict right now. I think Jared Goff would still be the Lions quarterback at, uh, at this point next year. That's the final word, Carlos. That's the last word on golf, right? It's the great Dave Burkett. Who are we to argue with that? Let's take a quick break. And then Dave, do you have a few more minutes for us? 
Sure, we can do that. Okay, we'll take a quick break and talk about the rest of the team, and we need to get back to Carlos. We're not talking about him enough either. We will be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Shaw. My name is Kerry Jr. The second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press, and now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast, On the Line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts, and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, over the break, you said you had one more thought on Jared Goff. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, just, you know, the one thing that happened last year that was I, interesting to me, and I wrote about it, um, was I talked to someone at Pro Football Focus last year when I was doing a story about Stafford, and I also talked to him about Jared Goff, and one of the things he said was that um, the problem with Goff is I think that um, a, co- a couple of things is... One, they kind of the league kind of figured him out a little bit. Like I think he said, I believe it was that he didn't couldn't throw to his left. Like in play action, he would always roll right and throw right. And you know, this is a league of adjustments, right? So teams will figure out, defenses will figure you out. And whether Goff has overcome that or not, whether they can expose his weaknesses and make him play left-handed or whatever, that's going to be interesting to see. But also the thing about the ownership of the offense. That's something that Sean McVay always wanted Goff to have, to take more of that ownership, to not rely on just all the play calling from Sean McVay and all. And that's what he wanted from Stafford. That's what McVay wanted. That's what he got from Stafford. And that's if you listen to those press conferences last year from McVay, that's all what he did was he sung the praises of Matthew Stafford being able to control the offense and, and make it his and take more ownership. Um, and that's something that we don't know if Goff has in him because as much as what Dave referenced that, you know, they want him to make the offense more and he has more input in the office. The reality is this is also his fourth offensive coordinator in less than two years. When you go in McVay, you go in Anthony Lynn, you go in Dan Campbell, you go in Ben Johnson. That's a lot of like adjustment too. So there's kind of a lot of moving parts to this that it may not click right away. I got to say something because I think, um, you know, that comes for different quarterbacks, different players at different times of their career. One of the knocks on Matthew Stafford from talking to former teammates of his, especially during the Matt Patricia years, and I know Carlos is going to hurt your heart how much you like Patricia, but um, the, his teammates used to look at him like, you are the quarterback, you are Matthew Stafford. If you don't like something, say something, say something. To, when a, a, a play call comes in from Jim Bob Cooter, who ran this this very 
basic offense, like change the play call. We are all behind you. And Stafford never did that. Stafford did not do that in Detroit. He didn't, he, he, he never made the offense his own. He never went and complained about, um, you know, things that were going on with the coaching staff, not just the ownership, but when they would have their leadership meetings, he was a guy that, that never spoke up and, and spoke out about things that Patricia and others were doing. So Stafford never felt comfortable doing that here. And he was a younger quarterback then. And, you know, when you're coming into the organization, you're, you're, a, you're a little bit different than when you are a vet. Wait, so wait, wait. With Patricia, if, he was not a younger quarterback. No, but I'm just saying when he came to Detroit, right, he was this young quarterback. And so then he, you sort of get set in your ways when you're at a place. And maybe when you go somewhere new and, and there's new surroundings and you're playing for new people and people empower you in different ways, it, it brings something else out of you. And so I don't know whether Jared has that or not, but just – um, hearing the stories of how how much Jared was in the the building this offseason and, and the the links that he went to to work with Ben Johnson to put the offense together, I wouldn't put it past them that that that's something that maybe at this stage of his career, you know, he can be better at. So um, I, I do think that you know maybe people have some of that in them, and it just comes out at different stages in life based on you know what what and who is around them. By the way, you saw just what happened there, Dave, right? This is how Carlos writes his column. He he jumped in halfway through before you were finished making a really good point and made a comment on uh, the fact that, oh, wait, 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 he wasn't young under Patricia instead of letting you finish because there was a larger point there. Oh, I, I forced him oh, to explain boy. it. He was going <laughs> to no, no, pretend that Matthew, no. poor, poor little Matthew Stafford in year 11 couldn't go on, couldn't, couldn't go against Matt Patricia. No, no. That, that's something that Matt, Matthew Stafford definitely should have done and will always be, um, you know, this cloud that hangs over his, you know, little resume here in Detroit. And and he should have done that. And, and he should have, you know, felt that, I mean, the, we are in an age of player empowerment. So obviously off the field and when it comes to demanding change and, and some of that, I, I think he could have had a, um, you know, he could have been more productive in terms of shaping the the direction of the franchise, but also when it comes to running plays and executing the offense and doing some things to sort of, uh, you know, help, um, you know, some of the the things that they were weren't doing at offense at the time. And by the way, Carlos was just defending his his boy, Matt Patricia. That's what. Yeah. And, and let's not forget the narrative of what Stafford was here, even at the end was, oh, he's a leader. He does speak in team meetings. He does. Now, I agree with you, Dave, that he I don't ever remember him really like I'm taking ownership of this thing and I'm going to be the guy, you know, and changing calls, and whatever, because he also knew the most important part of playing in the NFL is keeping your job in the NFL. And if you're going to start taking on coaches and also sticking your neck out, frankly, you know, that can be a problem. If you don't, if you don't make waves, if you do what you're told to do, you're going to keep your job. Right. So I don't really blame him necessarily for that, but that is what the lions needed. It's not what Matthew Stafford necessarily needed to keep his job, you know, but he should have done that. It would, it could have made a big difference. I'm not sure it's about keeping his job. Some people are just wrapped that way. I just, that's just in of course his it's DNA about keeping to, his job. To, to, he was oh, plenty Stafford good was, enough to yeah, he, he was, was plenty good enough to job. keep his job. Dave, my what can we do here? This he was is like just... the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Exactly. Wait, 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 wait. A job about. with 10 other teams. Yeah, did someone Jesus. did someone not just write that the highest paid does not necessarily mean that you're the best? Didn't someone just write 100%. that? No, but you're not but, you're not gonna lose your job. You can get trade. Oh, you can't get traded? Quarterbacks Have here, you heard of, like yeah, Dave. You know what, Carlos? Oh but my they, God. it was okay if they would have got traded because they didn't want to be around the lake that they lived on. So that <laughs> it would have been fine for them to to get traded. LA, LA's a, a much house safer. Without, yeah, LA's he a just much didn't place. have it in him. He just didn't have it in him, right? That that's, running that's, joke. And and maybe the uh, maybe the uh, move to to your point, maybe the move jolted him. I don't know. I don't want to speculate what's in his head there, but he he clearly didn't have that in him. 
You know what I mean? It's just well, you're it right because because it was a manufactured story about a BS trade. Supposedly, the Lions were looking to move on from him, and Kelly Stafford jumped on right away. Hey, well, if you're looking to move us, you plant. know, uh, <laughs> charge. Yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah. And and so that it's all about keeping your job in a different way because if you think that you're in disfavor or you hate the coach and you don't want to have to go against the coach and have a you know sort of palace coup and whatever a power fight you yeah know? but what he didn't realize is he would have won any power fight there would have been and so he? or maybe he didn't yes yeah he's Matt Patricia come what, on the, after the first year after one year. You're gonna fire a coach and stay with side with the quarterback. They should have yeah. fired Matt Patricia in May of his first year. Yeah, so, the play, yeah. the players, the yeah, the players. Yeah, but they didn't. So battles. that tells you something, right? They didn't yeah, fire I him mean, the first year. Maybe there was a financial component there or whatever. But regardless, Stafford yeah. would have won any sort of uh, showdown with I would have Matt Patricia over. How would you? He could have he could have forced change upon the Lions much earlier than it happened. And that was not his personality. Right. Nope, it just it just not. wasn't. I mean, it was it was a huge deal when he finally flipped his baseball cap around like that was a big thing. <laughs> well, I made him do it. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you did. Oh, I my did. goodness. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's let's talk about this team, uh, the rest of the team. And we, I think we've talked about Jared Goff enough um, that you've mentioned the offensive weapons. Let's talk about the defense, though. What, what, what do you see there? And uh, and I want to hear Carlos's thoughts on on the defensive side of the ball, too. I mean, I, they're sketchy on that side of the ball. Let's let's put it like that. That's you know, I, generous. I think there's, yeah, I, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is going to have an impact. Um, uh, as Carlos said, Malcolm Rodriguez is he's headed up for the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I, I think there are I think they there are some parts on that defense, right? Charles Harris has had a nice camp and he was coming off a really good season, so I, I do think they can have a a pretty good pass rush. But the back seven in particular, there are a lot of questions about it. Um, you know, I, I frankly, that's the the weak link of this team. And look, if they, you know, finish near the middle of the NFL and in in, uh, in defense, you know, Aaron Glenn should absolutely be a head coach in in 2023 <laughs> because of the the magic he'll have worked. They are thin on that side of the ball, right? They don't have a lot of playmakers outside of Hutchinson. Um, so I, I think that will be something that holds him back. But you know, if you can generate a pass rush, and they should be able to generate more of a pass rush this year. Um, there's there's reason to believe they can be better, you know, defensively. How how encouraged are you by Jeff Okuda's triumphant victory in the camp battle over a converted safety? <laughs> um, you know, if you read my uh, part of my season preview today, I'm sure you did. Fruit that count, everyone out there. Um, drop Thursday morning. Go back and look. Slide down if you need to read it. Um, I, you know, look, give Jeff Okuda credit, right? He's coming back from a torn Achilles. Um, you know, I, I think – you know, there's a lot to be said for where he's at in his return from that. But Carlos, as you just alluded to, let's not go too far, right? He, he beat out a converted safety. Will Harris appeared to lose confidence to, to my my untrained eye over here as I watched him from afar. Um, you know, and, and I think Okuda, while the talent is still clearly there, there's going to be some hiccups coming back from a, a torn Achilles. And um, I think he's going to have some some up and down you know, parts to the season, you know, he'll break up some passes and accept a ball or two uh, and he'll get beat for a big touchdown. So I'm not ready to say Jeff Okuda is that number three overall type player that you expect when you take him that high in the draft, but it's good that he's back where he's at, that he's won the starting job. That can only be a good thing for the Lions secondary. I just want to make a, a point. You guys obviously know this, but just, just a quick point about Rodriguez. And that is, I mean, look, it's a fun story, right? And journalists love that kind of thing. But what makes it interesting is 
not that he's going to be some Hall of Famer. I don't think anybody's saying that. It's just the fact that he may find his way on the field as a six-round pick. That's 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 all it is, right? That's really all it is. Well, I mean, you know, the, as the, the preseason hype train gets rolling, people do have these visions of, of grandeur in their head, right? That, wow, we, we got this six-round pick, and he's going he's gonna to be this, this Pro Bowl player for us. And, um, you know, so I, I do think people dream a little bit in the summer. But, yeah, uh, you know, realistically, six-round pick, undersized guy, there's a reason he was a six-round pick. He can be a very good player for them, but it's going to take time, right? He's not going to step on the field and be Mike Singletary. No. So I think um, he will probably start week one though and the lions have, have said you know dan said early in camp that um you know there's uh, they probably use some sort of rotation at linebacker maybe it's chris board that plays in third downs and Derek barnes is going to see some time in certain packages so um but there's no doubt that malcolm rodriguez um has played much better than you would expect from six round picks he looks advanced for um, his age at that position, his lack of experience at that position. I think he's going to be a pretty good player for the Lions uh, right away as a rookie. Yeah, I think that I think that that's you know the the nice thing about him is you see that effort, you know, you see that that uh, that kind of player that the that you that Campbell and specifically more probably um, well, no, both of them, Campbell and Holmes want to see. You know, the guy, the tryhard guy, the effort guy. You know, you see it on the line, right? With Charles Harris, you see it with uh, with Aiden Hutchinson, and and that's kind of the what they want to instill: is guys who are, are are trying hard, working hard, not quitting. I think there's a belief that that's the kind of player who's going to win in the NFL. And if you're you're not always, I mean, talent's important, obviously, but um, but you need that, and and maybe it's con- a little contagious too. If that's the kind of player that we're going to get, um, but the problem with this defense really you know is that the back seven is very very questionable very uh shaky um and that's before they get hurt and they're going to get hurt there's no there's very little depth on this on that side of the ball especially the back seven it can get ugly if they get hit with injuries quickly or you know that linger they'll get some they should get some players back i mean romeo quora right he's going to come back at some point soon hopefully but um, when they get hit by injuries, that's what's going to be. That's that's the thing with bad defenses is they're not just that they're just bad. It's that they're they're they don't have any depth. And so when you start going through the middle of the season, then you well, really start getting exposed. Yeah, that's part of where the Lions are at right in the rebuild. This is year two, so depth is still the biggest issue. You know, I think they they could use one more playmaker, especially in the back end on that defense. And then depth is the thing that that can hold them back. I mean, I, I really like what Dan said the other day about, you know, the, the strength of our team, right? You don't look at this team as being Aaron Donald's team or Patrick Mahomes team, or, or um, you know, it doesn't rely on one unit or, or one person. The strength is the, the the team itself, right? And I think there's, uh, you know, that that's exactly who the Lions are. But uh, that being said, they still are thin compared to some of the other teams. They still are pretty young compared to some of these other teams in the NFL. And you're right, Carlos, injuries are inevitable in the NFL. And, and when you lack some of that depth, uh, you know, that's when it tends to take the toll on you, you know, midway through or later on in the season. Well, here's the thing with the, you know, and, and as, as really as, as, as good as Malcolm Rodriguez played in training camp, you know, if you watched Hard Knocks, one of the things, one of the big indictments was Calvin Shepard, the linebackers coach in the linebackers room, yelling at his linebacker saying, a rookie, a six round pick is out playing all you fools. Somebody's got to step up. You know, he was mad. He's like, you know. I mean, Jared Davis should have beat him out. Jared Davis is what on the practice squad, right? I mean, 
not exactly the same position, but but like he was mad. Like, how is a how is this undersized rookie beating all you guys out? Malcolm Rodriguez should be a depth player. He shouldn't be a starter because they should have better players in that linebacking core. So that's kind of an indictment of where they're where they're at in their in their roster build for the for the for the linebackers at least possibly or it's just the I mean there's some element of that but Rodriguez looks good man he had a really good camp I mean his I know they've said it right his ability to key and diagnose plays is extremely advanced and you know Brad sort of seemed to indicate that being a quarterback uh, in high school was something that. Um, you know, maybe has, has sped that along. He's a physical player. He's made plays in special teams. I think he's going to be a good player. And Kelvin is certainly pushing those guys along, um, you know, but you're right. I think, you know, the, the back seven in particular, they lack depth there. It was also but, because he was a wrestler like me and Matt Patricia. So it takes a little <laughs> sharper mind to get to play that position or that, sure. that sport. He's, he's also fast, right? So that helps too. They're all Before, fast. What's that? You're not, you're not they're, fast? They're all fast, except you. No, they're not really all fast. I mean, re- relative to us, absolutely, they're all fast. But uh, in any case, before we let you go, Dave, I'm curious what you think about kind of the context of how we judge this team. As Carl's mentioned, I wrote a column that was, I don't even when to run yesterday, and the head, somebody put sliding scale on the headline maybe. And by the way, that's uh, the, the idea of context and relativity is, is how I've more or less written my columns since I started writing columns five, six years ago. And Carl's comes in, all of a sudden he starts to say, oh, yeah, that's kind of how the world works a little bit. And now I'm stealing from him. I, I think that's pretty <laughs> rich. I, that's incredibly rich. But uh, but we'll, but we'll let that go. Well, we won't let it go completely. But uh, in any case, Dave, how, how should – I mean, Carl's and I are in agreement, obviously, and, um, and we generally do. We just, you know, we like to do this for fun. How should we uh, view this team and this the idea of success this season? Well, I think the only way to judge them and any team is by wins, but I, you also have to enter it, you know, the, the season with a, you know, a realistic view of, of where they are, right? Again, like you can have a, a successful season in the context of being the Lions and where they came from and, and not win 13 games and go to the Super Bowl, right? That's not the only way to ultimately, that's the goal of every team. But when you, you realize that this is a three-win team and this is year two of the rebuild, that's not the next step for them. So um, look, if if they finish somewhere around 500, if they are in playoff contention, and a lot of teams are in playoff contention in the NFL these days with the the new, uh, you know, expanded playoff you know, format. If they are in contention for a wild card spot at the end of the season, I think people will leave this season feeling good about where, um, you know, the program is headed. And that would set up, you know, 2023 is the real prove it year for, for Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. And company. Yeah. I think this is, this is the year, you know, the, the, the key with this year is no regression, no major regression. You know, we need to see some progress as much as possible. Uh, but, take steps forward you just you just can't in year two you cannot be taking steps back um you know unfortunately like the the push is going to be if there's all kinds of injuries then it's going to be really hard to judge where they are but hopefully they stay healthy and we get a better read on this team uh in year two and uh sean's uh dream of making the playoffs uh happens and he gets to go to an exotic city like uh i don't know where where do you want to go you want to go philly name your City, Sean, where do you want to go for the first round? For the He's the Texas guy. You already know this, Carlos. Come on. Okay, Cowboys. You're going against Cowboys. Uh, I've actually yeah. been to a playoff game there. No, let's go someplace else. I don't know. New Orleans. Ooh. Ooh. How about that? I like it. Yeah, that'd be great. 
All right, Dave, we got to let you go. You can only say and uh, take up a table at the coffee shop you're in for so long without <laughs> having to buy another cup of coffee. And we all know you don't want to do that, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm cheap as come as they come. So yeah, No, I don't mean that. that. I just mean, you know, yeah, you'll get too jittery. You're an entrepreneur, I, man. Don't no, I, I don't cheap. drink coffee. I don't drink okay. coffee. So. You're an entrepreneur, right, Carlos? He, he's not cheap. Oh, no, he's saving his money for... Uh... Mostly for uh, for sports leagues for his kids because he loves no, them so his, much. His, yeah. That's true. His, Carlos is right about that. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. His house was paid off when he was thirty. I mean, that <laughs> cost so much. We could days. we could all we could all better from that. Well, anyway, Dave, look, man, uh, great to have you. Thanks for uh, for uh, dropping some knowledge on us and offering up that wisdom. As always, we will uh, talk to you at some point soon, right, Carlos? Hopefully, if we can uh, if we can come through with the frosty payout payout, uh, he'll he'll join us again. See right, you guys in right. December next time you're in Allen Park. All right. Yeah, no, no. I'll actually be there in a couple hours. But uh, thank you uh, again, man, man. And we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll be right back to wrap up. Well, we're, we want to hear Carlos' uh, his favorite thing, right, Carlos? So we'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game on the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. It's that time of the show, Carlos. Um, I think it's time for your favorite thing, and I have been uh, waiting all week to hear it. What you got? Well, my favorite thing, Sean, is is it's a two parter. This week, it's it's the first part. Next week will be the result of it. But um, unfortunately, we have something called um, uh, fantasy football. That there's this uh, Jim Jones level of like you know, uh, uh, zealousness to it that people lose their minds. I'm not going to mention any names, but there is possibly a producer on the show who's involved in it as well. Um, and also we have another sports editor, assistant sports editor on the show who is, uh, he, or not, he's not on the show, but he works for the free press and he's committing to it. Uh, our own beloved Jim Schaefer is committing to it. So it's stealing people from our softball team from the free press all-stars, and so because of that, Tony Garcia and I have been named co-coach for this one game only. And now we have to take the reins. We have to lead this team to greatness. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. I think it's either going to be a wild success or there's going to be like a mutiny and uh, something bad happens to me and Tony because it's going to be it's not going to be Mr. Nice Guy uh, coach. It's going to be uh, tough. It's going to be we're going to be running laps when we make errors. So uh We'll see what happens this week at Belle Isle, but um, I'm looking forward to it, Sean. And next week, my favorite thing will be the uh, the result of what happened this evening. So we're talking about fly football? 
no, 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 softball. I've told you, if you come to watch us play softball in Belle Isle. Yes, yes, but I was confused by the football talk. I'm sorry. No, it's stupid. It's fantasy football. It's stealing our people because there's a stupid fantasy draft. Oh, fantasy. I didn't I didn't hear right. Maybe yeah, I didn't I'm sorry. There's it. a draft. That's the whole thing. There's a stupid draft for the free press I'm fantasy sorry. football I'm league. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, mis- so I misunderstood. You know, I'm not all that uh, bright. So yeah, it's stealing all our talent, although I don't know if I call Schaefer talented, but it's stealing our players. So we're going to be uh, probably a little shorthanded. Well, that uh, that sounds like a, a, a you know fun potential, um, right? Potentially fun. How about that? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I think it'll be great. All right. I'm going to be quick with my favorite thing. I've uh, I've loved your your ranking of the golf courses and the holes, and uh, I I think Aww. it was really fun that you finished with a you know it's I never thought of U of M's course as a public course because for so long it kind of had to be associated with the university in some way, a student, uh, an alum. Um, uh, working at the university, right? But but to your point in the column or the the piece, they open it up a little bit. But you know, I drive by that course several times a week, going to places around town, and you know, it's right across from the stadium. So it's just uh, that that was that was fun. But it oh, but my point is overall, I just thought it was really really fun all the work you put in and sort of giving us a list and presenting us with um, some things to think about. And I know golf maybe. It, in the public imagination has suffered a little bit um, in terms of spectatorship because of, you know, tiger or the lack of tiger. But, um, but I think it did, it did well for us. And I'm, I'm glad you did that. You know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, I look at horse racing, boxing, all that, that we're, we're losing a lot of that stuff, but it's nice to know that we still have some of these things out there. And you did a really great job with it. And it was fun to read. And uh, the fact that you picked that course was, was cool. So yeah, that was my favorite thing. Thank you. And my, my, my second favorite thing based off of what you're saying is someone wrote in the comments, something about, I think it was a Lions column and someone on tweeted, this is so whatever, you know, you're such a jerk. That's such a terrible column. This is why you were demoted to golf writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. I, I almost, I almost tweeted him back. Well, thanks for reading the golf stuff. So I, appreciate Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was probably your burner account, right? Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it was. No, <laughs> I don't have, oh yeah, I don't even know how to operate a burner account. I, do, I don't even know how to operate Twitter. So there you go. But uh, in any case, all right, my man, that's, uh, that's it. Any, uh, any final thoughts, parting thoughts? No. Oh, my, my final parting thought is, you know, who we haven't mentioned and I don't care because she's one of the people who's not playing this week. So I don't get a, I don't get to coach. Anjanette Delgado, Delgado, as hard as I wanted, I was going to, I was going to write her hard, man. I was going to be like, like the Bobby Knight, man. I was going to be out there throwing chairs and screaming at her and everything and yelling at her, but um, she's can't play this week, Sean. So I'm really disappointed. Well, that's too bad. It I think she too- just didn't want me to like have an upper hand and she didn't want me to like boss her around basically. No, I'm sure. Yeah. It's all about the power dynamic. No. And, and we did not mention her, but there she is. I don't know if that reaches, uh, reaches the quota or not, but. <laughs> We do what we can. All right, my man. It's good, uh, good to be back with you as always. Um, that was uh, that was fun, and uh, you know we love having Dave in. We will have him in uh, again soon, right? Because the, the, who knows? The lines are going one way or the other. The lines are going to give us going to give us plenty to talk about. Next week, uh, we'll get back to some college football, and maybe we can even talk about your your Tigers as they get ready to wrap this season up. But in any case, uh, thanks for listening. Who do we need to thank, Carlos? We need to thank, uh, well, 
Let's go with Kirkland Crawford first this time. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Who else? Executive producer Kirkland Crawford, uh, other co-executive producer Anjanelle Delgado. Yep. Um, Amazing, uh, extraordinaire producer Andrew Hammond, who makes this all possible. Who was just bumped down to third. Sorry, Andrew. Third. I'm sorry. Does he go first usually? Oh, no, that's okay. No, no, that's okay. He's our lead off. Okay. I'm sorry about you. Bet, you're batting third though. That's pretty good though. Yeah, and it is. Our, it's not bad. Yeah. You're our the, cleanup you're guy, the... the big guy, Peter Batia, editor of the Free Press. There we go. Those uh, those are the people. But where do here. they find this podcast, Sean? Where? Where? Well, you can find it wherever you find your favorite podcast. Apple, Spotify. And by the way, when you get there, you know, subscribe. Give us a give us a rating if you want. Give us a comment. You know, tell tell uh, tell us how much you love Carlos and despise me. That's all good. That's all fair. We're just glad that uh, you stopped by and listened. But most of all, Carlos, who do we want to thank? Me. Well, yes, you. And maybe the maybe the the, the couple of listeners out there. The one listener, yes. The one yes. listener, our, our listener, our 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 beloved listener. Oh God, yeah. We we would not be here without you. So keep listening. That's uh. That's uh, uh yeah you, you you keep us going. All right, until next week, uh we will uh, when we will be back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean, uh we will talk to you soon. Yeah.